I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. So we're going to continue with our teaching. We talked, we defined what is an intercessor. Um, and we went into Luke chapter 11, verse 1, where the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And I love that because they didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach, teach us to prophesy, teach us to move in the gifts. They saw that Jesus was a man of prayer and they wanted to model him. And I believe that that's what many of us want to do. We want to model, not a man, we want to model Jesus, the man. And he is our example as a man who is after God's own heart, and he was a man of prayer. The Bible says he would go away up to a mountain to pray. After he would heal the sick, he would go back into the place of prayer. So Jesus was a man who diligently sought the heart of his Father, and he had communion with his Father, and he was intimate and close with his Father. And I believe that that's one of the greatest purposes we can have, and that is to know God, to be intimate with God, to, be, to know Him more deeply and more intimately. And I believe that as we walk as men and women of prayer, especially intercessory prayer, that, that, that it is a place where you can walk very close to the heart of God because when you walk as an intercessor, you're walking in the greatest commandment that there is, and that is the commandment to love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus came to the earth, he bridged the gap between God and sinful man, and he became that intercessor and he took our place. And so I love the prayer of intercession, I love teaching on it, and here we find Jesus continuing to teach on prayer after we said he taught on the prayer of faith. And we're going to go ahead and begin reading at verse 5. Um, Jesus said to them, now he's teaching the prayer of intercession, we're going to go ahead and reread it, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend, and we said, you are the intercessor, and your friend is El Shaddai, our God, our Father, who is more than enough, and you as an intercessor, and you go to him at midnight, which I just, just want to highlight here that midnight in the natural is a very inconvenient hour of the day. And you go to him at midnight and you say to him, friend or source of help, I'm here and I'm asking you for something, but I'm not asking you for something for myself. I am here and I'm asking you on the behalf of my friend and what I need from you is I'm asking for three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me, and I, I like to say it like this, in his journey in life, and I, in the natural, have nothing to set before him. But I know you're the source of help. I know that you're the source of supply. I know that you have, have uh, you own a cattle on a thousand hills, so to speak. And I'm coming to you now on his behalf. And this, this my friends, is a very selfless act, isn't it? Isn't it? Because 
this guy, I, I, sometimes I look at this scripture and I say to myself, what was, what was the friend at home doing? Was he sleeping? Was he hanging around in the house? You know, who, who in this scripture was, was, was the active one? It was the intercessor. It was the man that was going to the source of help. And, and sometimes we're going to pray for people and we're going to stand in the gap for people that in the natural, you may say to yourself, <laughs> you know, that person has an attitude or that person's just very difficult to be with. But you know what? The Bible says, pray for your enemies. Bless those that curse you. Stand in the gap for those people that are persecuting you because then you're operating in that love of God. And basically, they'll come to the light. Because all it takes is a faithful man and a faithful woman to pray for them. And like we've said before, prayer opens up the door for God to work. Because man is God's avenue into the earth. We aren't going to see that person come to the knowledge of the truth unless somebody prays for them. And we're going to talk about this as we go on, but it's coming up. I'm going to go ahead and say it. When we start to pray for people, what it does is, is it releases the ministry of the Holy Spirit on their behalf. What is the ministry of the Holy Spirit? His ministry is actually everything on the earth. But his ministry is to convict and convince the world of their need for Jesus. So when you begin to stand in the gap for someone, you begin to pray for them, What's happening is, is in the realm of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit starts to hover around them, and He begins to convict them and convince them of their need for Jesus. That's why we said in our last session, there are times when you begin to pray for people where, you know, it looks like your prayers aren't working, and as a matter of fact, they may get a whole lot worse before they get a whole lot better. Are you listening? Well, you would say, well, why is that? Well, it's because your prayers are working. It's because the enemy does not want to release his stronghold. And the enemy is saying no. And, 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 and in the place of prayer, specifically intercession, there is what's called a struggle. And you're contending with the adversary he doesn't want to let go of his stronghold. And so there's this back and forth, so to speak. And when you're praying, you can actually, s um, you can actually sense it as an intercessor. When you're praying and that struggle is going on, you can feel it right here on the inside of you. It is, a, it is an inner movement, so to speak. Or um, you just sense that struggle and that wrestling, and it's not you. It's your spirit by the Holy Spirit within you standing in the gap, praying for this person and the enemy's not wanting to let go or that person's will is involved and that person's just resisting the conviction of the Holy Ghost. So when you see them getting worse, just know that your prayers are working. I was teaching um, on, on specifically the prayer of intercession in a certain church in a certain area and it was kind of a new church, new meaning there was maybe, maybe two years old. And I came in to teach them how to pray and to, to teach them that they could be a house of prayer. Because back in the 80s, people weren't doing Nobody was a house of prayer. People didn't even know what a house of prayer was. As a matter of fact, we were all word people. We were word churches. And, and God was saying, I want my house to be called a house of prayer. 
and we came in and taught on, on prayer and specifically the prayer of intercession. And after teaching for about two or three months, the pastor's wife, who was actually from the South, she came up to me and she said, Margie, she said, I don't know what's happening. I don't think prayer works because it just seems like all hell's breaking loose in our church. We're finding out this one's in strife and that one's in strife and all these things are just happening all around us. And I just looked at her and I said, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. When you begin to intercede and you begin to pray, you are going into the realm of the spirit and you are uprooting things. You are causing things to be uprooted and, and, and things are coming out and the hidden things are being revealed and it's just all part of the process. And then I think that was a good thing because then those people left the church and what God <clears throat> wanted to do in that ministry began to break out. So it's not always a bad thing. You know, when things start to look a lot worse, you just keep praying. Just keep praying because your prayers are working. And then what will happen is suddenly you'll get a breakthrough. And you'll feel the breakthrough at times on here, right here on the inside first before it manifests on the outside. That's why we call this the art of intercession. <clears throat> How do you explain that to people? This is what Kenneth E. Hagan was referring to when he's talked about the art of intercession. How do you explain to people that you can birth something in prayer and that you can get a breakthrough, so to speak, right here on the inside of you before you ever see it manifested in the natural, you've already seen it manifest in the spirit. How do you explain that to somebody? The things of the spirit are at times unexplainable. But just know this that the things of the Spirit are more real than the things of this natural world. Even that, that warlock, he said the exact same thing. He said the things of the Spirit are more real than the things of this natural world. It was interesting hearing him say that because that's what we've always said, haven't we? And it's because it is. And that's why this type of prayer is is different than the other kinds of praying because you will sense a breakthrough on the inside in the spirit and you'll just see down the road what you pray come to pass. But the important thing is this, you have to hold fast the confession of your faith without wavering. You have to keep calling those things that be not as though they are. You know the story of Daniel? He prayed for he, he set his heart to seek the Lord, and after 21 days, the Bible says that the angel came to him and said, Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you. From the first day you did set your heart to seek the Lord, your prayers were heard. And I have come as a result of of your words. Daniel held fast the confession of his faith. He didn't waver. He stood his ground. There was warfare in the heavenlies. He kept praying for 21 days and finally the answer came. Amen. You know, scripture this keeps coming up in my spirit all day has been Luke 18:1.
men ought to, and you heard me say it, I don't know how many times, men ought to always pray and not faint. Discouragement has, is, is a distraction to the intercessor. And discouragement blinds. And when you get discouraged, you get off your wall, so to speak, and you stop praying. And it is a strategy of the enemy to get you to stop praying. It's a weapon of the warfare of the enemy. Don't allow that to happen to you. Begin to call those things that be not as though they were. Exercise your faith. Use your faith in prayer. Faith is a spiritual force, and it will move mountains on the behalf of another person. It will move mountains in your neighborhood. It will move mountains in your nation. You've got to exercise your faith. Faith and intercession go hand in hand. They work together. But like we said in another session, that's why I believe we're a prophetic people. We've been trained in prophetic ministry. And I believe God wants to take all the prophetic that we've learned and he wants us to get into the place of prayer and begin to see and know supernaturally in the realm of the spirit what's going on. Discerning of spirits, discerning and understanding the wiles of the devil, understanding that these what demon powers are operating where the word of wisdom the word of knowledge knowing specifically what is keeping that person bound how about the gifts of the spirit operating in our prayer lives see gifts of the spirit are not just for public assembly we should have these gifts in operation in our prayer life. And I, I just heard the Holy Ghost saying to me when I was sitting with he said, God was just saying, I'm just searching for intercessors. I'm just searching for people who will just lay aside the temporary things of this world and this life and sow into the Spirit and sow and give themselves to me. I believe we've been trained as a prophetic people so that we can pray prophetically like never before. And, I, and we're going to get into this. This is all like I wasn't planning on it. And I believe that it's good to decree and declare and speak the word. But my friends, we have got to do more praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> because he that searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, and he makes intercession according to the will of God. And after we've prayed everything we know to pray in English, and we've decreed and we've declared, and those prayers work, but we're in a place right now of, um, we're stuck. <laughs> and the thing that's going to unstuck us, my husband won't like it that I use that word, it's not a word, Maybe it is, maybe it is, I don't know. Unstuck it is when we begin to yield to the Holy Spirit and begin to pray out the plan and the purpose of God with, by praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And I can see that as we begin to enter into that, that we're going to be driving back the forces of darkness that have kept this nation where it, it, it is at this time. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. 
Jesus, the intercessor, is on the inside of us. He needs to be loosed and let go. And even Jesus himself, when he came to the tomb of Lazarus, he groaned in the spirit and he was troubled. And then he called Lazarus forth and raised him from the dead. And you know what he said? This was the interesting thing about this scripture. He said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. But I'm just saying it for, on the behalf of the people. He, I didn't hear him speak any English words, did you? The Bible said he groaned in the spirit and he was troubled. And then it goes on to say that Jesus wept. There are tears in intercession. This is what I'm talking about when I say the art of intercession. Have you ever prayed and you were so burdened down by the Holy Ghost that there was no thought of self? There was, you were not time conscious. You were not thinking about all the things that you had to do for that day. You were so moved from what was on the inside of you. It was more real to you than anything on the outside. Have you ever prayed in that place before? Do you know we have a whole generation of young people that have no clue what we're talking about? I believe that some of you who are mothers and know how to pray, you say, well, I'm 70 years old. I don't, I don't know what my purpose is. Guess what? Birth in other prayer, intercessors. Amen. Begin to make that your prayer assignment. Go into the presence of the Father and say, Father, I've come to you, and I'm coming on the behalf of, of, of young people, and I pray that, that they would be birthed as intercessors in this land. I believe I'm a result of Kenneth E. Hagin's prayers and intercessions. It's interesting because... We started this seminar with a quote from him. If we're not careful, we're going to lose the art of intercession to the next generations. And I was sitting here thinking about it, going, God, you know what? I'm his kid. He birthed me. He birthed me as an to be an intercessor. He birthed me in ministry. And here I am repeating, and his legacy continues on. Why? Because his child, so to speak, is carrying that torch and he birth, you know by the spirit he gave birth to that which I'm doing and I believe that completely and totally you don't always know what you're praying about when you pray that's why you've got to trust the Holy Spirit trust the ministry of the Holy Spirit people don't want to trust the Holy Ghost because they can't figure everything out well since when are we supposed to be able to figure everything out amen I've had prayer assignments before. Well, I'll go to prayer. I'm going to pray for something. Okay, I have a prayer assignment. I'm, I'm going to pray for my brother over here who, who's having a hard time. And then I end up on my face on the floor, groaning and travailing on the behalf of my nephew, who I didn't know it, but was facing death. Well, who would know that? Who, not, who knows what is the mind of the Spirit? The Holy Ghost. Yeah. He knows the needs. And he knows how to get the job done. We just have to yield to him. We're the house of prayer. Yield to him. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about being a person of prayer. I want to be more of a person of prayer. And I want more of that kind of praying. If you notice, I don't know if you've noticed this, maybe some of the, old, the older time moms could say, you know, I don't really enter into those groanings like I used to. And I don't, I'm just being honest. And I, I just am like, what is that? Like, Lord, what is that? I pray, I spend time with him, and I, I'm waiting. We know the whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I believe that there is going to come uh, among us corporately 
a time of birth. And I believe that corporately as a body, those of us who are waiting on him, we're going to pick up on that spirit of prayer and we're going to enter in and we're going to give birth to all the things we've been prophesying about this Latter-day Revival. That was really good. Thank you very much. But we have to be open. We have to be receptive. We have to be in a place in prayer and say, Lord, use me. Flow through me. Amen? Amen. Let's just finish this verse, and then we're going to close. I'm just searching for intercessors. I'm searching. I want to work a work in your day that if it were told you, it would be like a dream. Do you know, we do so much work in the natural that if we would just do the work in the spirit, it would be so much easier. So many times I see people, they have like their building program, and then they dedicate the building, and and, and, and sometimes I go, did they, do the, did they do the labor and the work in the spirit? Did they build a house in the spirit and build things up in the spirit? Or is this all in the natural? We want a house that God is building. We want a revival that God is building. Amen? For a friend of mine has come to me in his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed, and I cannot rise and give you. What I love about this intercessor is that he was not moved by what he heard. He was not moved by what was said to him. He was persistent in prayer. He didn't quit. He didn't faint. He kept on going to the source of help, and he kept pleading the case. And it says here in verse 8, I say to you, now Jesus is teaching us to pray, right? I say to you, I want to say something to you. Are you listening? I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him not just three loaves, Yo, <laughs> but as many as he needs. Listen, my God is able to do for you exceedingly, abundantly, above all, you could ask, hope, dream, or desire. I would like to know who prayed for Saul. Somebody had to be praying for him. He was on the wrong road, on the, on, his, on the way to Damascus. Somebody had to be praying for him. And suddenly he was knocked over. He was struck blind, right? And then he became Paul. Somebody had to give birth to him in the spirit. Kennedy Hagan said, and I've heard him say it over and over, he said, some people will never be saved unless somebody prays for them. He said the darkness on them is too, too much, that they're, 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 the demons are too, are, are, that there is so much darkness, they've yielded themselves to so much sin. He said they will not be saved unless someone prays for them. And then he said, and some people will never be healed unless somebody prays for them. I remember a time in my life when I first uh, went to Ramah, and I was a very young Christian, uh, six, eight months old, and I was new to, to the Bible, and I learned how to pray through, by, through my friend Gail Buse. 
and she would go into a closet, she would shut the door, and I'd hear her praying in the Holy Ghost and crying and praying and crying and praying and crying and praying and crying and praying. I mean, she cried and prayed and prayed in tongues and cried and prayed. And I was like, what in the world is she doing? And I decided to follow her lead and to look at what the Bible said about prayer. Long story short, I started reading Catherine Coleman's books. I don't even know how I got a hold of her books. I started reading her books. God can do it again. And the, all of her books on miracles. And I read all those stories of people who were, who were desperate for healing and on their deathbed and just suffering terribly. And how they would come into her meetings and they would be... The gifts of healings and the working of miracles would be in manifestation and people would be miraculously healed by the power of God. And I remember reading those books and then when I would go into prayer, I would go into this place of prayer where there was no thought of self and it was a place of prayer where something took a hold of me and I was in a place of desperation and prayer. You listening? Yes. And something inside of me was more desperate than anything that I had going on on the outside. I was desperate to grab a hold of God, desperate to pray what I had on the inside of me through. And what I was praying about in that assignment at that particular time was that the power gifts would be more in manifestation in these days. And I mean, it was more real to me. Let me tell you straight up than carrying Jacqueline in my own body. And I'll tell you straight up, I was five months pregnant with Jacqueline when I finally realized I was pregnant. She was moving around, the whole thing. You talk about denial. But this prayer assignment was more real to me than that little baby that was roaming around in my body all those months. More real. God, revive us. Let's just lift our hands. Lord, revive us. Father, revive the ministry of the art of intercession, God, that we will yield more fully to the, the Holy Spirit in prayer. Father, we can't work up this kind of prayer. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by your Spirit. But God, I'm asking, even those that are listening to this, this internet uh, radio and this YouTube, I'm asking that you'd even go right where they are, Father, and anoint them with fresh oil. Anoint all of us with fresh oil. God, you want to work a work, but Lord, we want to help you and be those co-laborers with you in prayer to work alongside your heartbeat, to bring about that which you desire to do in these last days. And that is to pour out your spirit on the young and the old and the power gives to be in manifestation, Father. In Jesus' name. We've had all these other gifts. What about giving birth to the power gifts? That scripture says we should earnestly crave them, desire them. It means to crave. Have you ever craved a coffee? What about craving something so much in the spirit that we're willing to lay down our lives and give time to it. Jesus said to his disciples, couldn't you watch just one hour? See, and, and people who, believe, and I believe in this, people say, well, you shouldn't put people into works. 
you say pray an hour, then people are going to feel guilty if they don't pray for an hour. And I said, I don't teach it. I tell people to start, begin with 15 minutes. But I still believe you have to have a goal in life. If you don't set a bar, if you don't set a goal, you're not going to obtain every, anything. Are you listening? It's not of works. When we pray, we don't pray grudgingly, nor of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver, right? But we pray because we see the need, and we say, God, you know what? We want to be a part of what you want to do in these last days. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.